Thank you. Thank you. I will be still and know that you are God. Amen. Amen. I want you to say out loud with me something, if you would. Simon Peter. Yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't enough to get his attention, I don't think. Let's try that one more time. Simon Peter. There's a miracle in your mouth. Speak it. There's a miracle in your mouth. Speak it. I want you to find Acts chapter 3, will you? Acts chapter 3 and verse 1. The entire book of Acts should be understood as the Acts, not of the apostles, but the Acts of the, of the Holy Spirit through the church. What the Holy Spirit of Jesus, the resurrected person of the Lord Jesus Christ, did through people. These weren't rich folks necessarily. They weren't highly educated folks necessarily. They didn't come from long lines of well-known lineages, common people, ordinary folks. But God in Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, picked them out to do awesome things through. It was His power, not their power. That's why we, we, we mistake um, the source of the authority and the power when we call it the Acts of the Apostles. It's really the Acts of the resurrected Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ at work in ordinary it's, it's here for us to understand these are examples. What we read in the book of Acts, these are examples of what God can and wants to do through ordinary people. So we, we, don't, we don't read the book of Acts and go, oh, that's great history. Those are some awesome stories of Bible times. No, they are. They are that. But folks, if this drops 18 inches, it'll just rock your world. These are examples of what the Lord by His Spirit still wants to do through His people today. Today. And, 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 and don't be listening to this like, boy, I sure hope they get this. I, you know, a wife going, I sure hope my husband's listening, poking him three or four times. I, I, I sure wish, you know, somebody that, that I care about really would get this, that God wants to use them. Let's don't listen to this for somebody else. All right, it's going to be our deal. I'm not going to be listening to this for somebody else. Lord, will you unstop my ears and would you help me to hear what you want me to hear? that your spirit is saying to this part of your church. All right? Now get your seatbelt on, and let's, let's read this as if this is an example of what the Lord wants to do through people by His Spirit 
by his power today. Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the ninth hour, the hour of prayer. And a certain man who had been lame from his mother's womb was being carried along, whom they used to set down every day at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, in order to beg alms, offerings for the poor, gifts for the poor, of those who were entering the temple. And when he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he began asking to receive alms. And Peter, along with John, fixed his gaze upon him and said, look at us. And he began to give them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I do not possess silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, walk. And seizing him by the right hand, he raised him up. And immediately his feet and his ankles were strengthened. And with a leap, he stood upright and began to walk. And he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they were taking note of him as being the one who used to sit. I like to emphasize that. He used to sit at the beautiful gate of the temple to beg arms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Simon Peter there's a miracle in your mouth. Speak it. Simon Peter, there's a miracle in your mouth. Speak it. I want to ask you to join me in examining this passage of Scripture a little more in depth by looking at a couple of spots. The first one is in verse 6 where Peter said, I do not possess silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. Here's just the brief phrase to look at for a moment. But what I do have, but what I do have, but what I do have. I don't have silver and gold. Some of us can be getting the idea out there that when God finally brings me to that place of wealth, that place of prominence, then I'll have something to say that somebody will listen to. Wrong. Wrong. Paul will say the Lord didn't pick out many of you from a mighty or a noble standpoint, 1 Corinthians. 
But it's amazing how the Lord will pick out the weak things of the world to confound the wise. The foolish or the, or the rich. The weak things of the world confound the strong. The, the foolish things of the world confound the wise. Simon Peter, and he wasn't just, he wasn't kidding. This was the truth. He'd left his business at Galilee. That was many miles from Jerusalem. I don't have a cent. I don't have a penny. Silver and gold have I none. But what I do have, I'm going to give you something. I'm going to give you something out of what I have. So what did Simon Peter have? One thing he had was the sense in his heart that he had been chosen. He had been chosen. Picked out, wanted, desired by God. Chosen in Christ, Paul would write, chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world, before there was ever dirt, before there was ever a Sea of Galilee, before there was ever a Temple Mount, before there was ever an Alamo. Chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. That's not only who Simon Peter was, but my brother, my sister, that's who you are. Part of what you have is the sense, the joy of knowing, I didn't choose him. He chose me. The second thing, that, or another thing that Simon Peter had, not only the knowledge that he had been chosen, but it was the sense that he had been called. Called. Chosen is one thing. To be called to the one who chose you is something better, something beyond, something different. When Jesus walked through Galilee, he specifically picked out those men, Peter being the lead one of them all, and you follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. My brother, my sister, somewhere along the way, you felt something in your heart calling you, drawing you to Jesus. If, if, if that had never happened, you and I wouldn't be having this conversation today. We wouldn't be in the collection of called out ones called the church, called to Jesus. Not to a denomination, not to a religious leader, not to some political party. Called to Jesus. Called. Simon Peter must have had that sense working in the background. He chose me. He's called me, but he called me unto himself knowing that he was going to have to do some things because my life has been a mess and there have been choices I've made. This is the one who denied Jesus three times, denied that he even knew him. He's going to need to be cleansed, chosen, called, cleansed. Simon Peter looking at that lame man could have had quickly gone over in his own mind. I don't even know why I'm in here, why I would be in a position like this, why the Lord would be putting something in my heart to speak, a word to my, in my heart to speak because of all the things that I have done in my life to disappoint him, to turn my back on him when he could have used my encouragement, my testimony the most, but I denied that I even knew him. 
Folks, listen. Knowing that you're cleansed and remembering what you were cleansed for and realizing that the God who wants to use you now is the one who knew you then. And he did what was necessary to cleanse our sins. That's the blood of Jesus. That's the cleansing blood of Jesus. That's why the blood flowed was so that you and I could be forgiven. There's, 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 there's not any way around that. Why, why would the emblem, the symbol of the Christian church be the cross? We, we gild it. We put jewels on it. We make it out of precious metal. But the bottom line, it was a cruel instrument of execution that Jesus was executed so that you and I would never have to face execution. I'm cleansed. He chose me. He called me. But thank God I'm clean. I'm clean. I'm clean by the power of his blood. Don't ever lose that. Don't ever try to get so spiritual or so educated as a Christian that you or I would lose the sense of what it was that he rescued us from and what he cleansed us from. Folks say, I'm never supposed to think about that again. Paul did. Paul did. Writer of two-thirds of your New Testament. and saying He never forgot that he was the least of all saints. He never forgot that he persecuted the church. Neither should we. Because that keeps us at a place of understanding where we are in the Lord's heart and, and where we are in his plan. He, he, he doesn't have to use us. He, he doesn't have to call us. He didn't have to choose us. But that which he chose and that which, which he called, he's also cleansed so he could fill with his spirit and use us in ways that we could never imagine. So there is, there is... Peter, and here we are, chosen, chosen, called, cleansed. But then we, Peter would say, I've been changed. I've been changed. I didn't change myself because I had no power to make myself different. The blood of Jesus cleansed me, but the power of His Spirit is changing me. Same one who denied the Lord three times. Same one who couldn't get free of the fear of man that kept him pushed back. It's that same one who now on the day of Pentecost, would stand and speak to all those folks and declare with, with incredible boldness and clarity, Jesus Christ is the Messiah. Jesus is Lord. That, we've, that, that He's been put to death by, by, by evil men, many who would misunderstand. If they really understood who Jesus was, they wouldn't have done it, but they did it. He was killed, and as a result of that, He's our Savior now. He would never have said those things. He would never have had the ability, the freedom, the authority to speak those things if something hadn't happened to change him on the inside. Folks, I want to say this to you. It's one thing to be cleansed. It's something else to be changed. <laughs> 
It's one thing to be cleansed. It's something else to be changed. Because if you don't get changed, you're going to keep needing to be cleansed. If, if, you don't, if, we, if there isn't a change in the want-tos in our hearts, we're going to be going back to the same stuff that left us defiled and feeling guilty and ashamed before. It doesn't mean that even as the Lord is doing his work of changing us, that we never struggle with those things, but it just means that those things don't own us anymore. The hog pit doesn't have authority to rule over us like it once did. That's why Jesus would say that you shall receive power. And he was looking at Simon Peter in that group and the rest of the 120. But you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And then you will have the power to be my witnesses. Not the witness of a Savior who is unable to keep his people clean. Or a Savior who isn't strong enough to break addiction and to break fear. But you will be a testimony to the Savior who has authority over all darkness, who has authority over everything of the enemy, and you will stand in triumph as a trophy of my grace to forgive, but also my grace to enable, to enable, to enable, to enable. Yes, we need to cherish the cross. Yes, we need to revel in the glory of the blood of Jesus to watch, wash us and cleanse us. But folks, I'm telling you, there's more, there's more, there's more, there's more than the cross. And it's the rest of the Christ story, which is the empty tomb and the upper room. The empty tomb and the upper room. The empty tomb and the upper, the empty tomb means he's not dead anymore. He's not weak anymore. He went to the door, the gates of hell and took away from Satan the keys to death and hell. He's alive. He rules. Everything is under his feet. That's the empty tomb. But the upper room is where he poured out from heaven. The Christ, once crucified, now exalted, with the name above every other name, now the commander of the angel armies, now the one before whom every demon trembles and Satan himself buckles. And from that place of highest exaltation, he poured out his spirit, not the spirit of the crucified Christ, but the spirit of the exalted Christ. He poured out his spirit into those ones in that upper room, Peter being one of them, and they were changed. Not by some self-help program. Not, Not by some ability of them to try to work together, but it was, they were changed by the coming of the indwelling of the spirit of the exalted Jesus into their beings individually. And so now, Simon Peter, here's the practical change. He was cleansed from the sins of denial, sin of denial, but he had no power to stand up and be the rest of the witness that the Lord wanted him to be until this change happened by the infusion of the Spirit of Jesus into his heart. 
And then it was as if he was fearless. The same ones who used to buckle him and used to crush him and pull him back, push him back, away from even his loyalty to Jesus. Now, the fear of man had lost its power because of the coming of the Spirit of the exalted Christ to fill his heart. Child of God, have you ever known that? Child of God, have you ever known that? Many would quickly say, I know what it is to be forgiven. Yes, and thank you, Jesus, for your forgiveness. But have you come to know him in the place of his filling of you with his resurrection power? Nobody can answer that for us. But here's how you know. Here's how we know that's happened. The things that used to cripple us before because the enemy would use those things to intimidate They lose and have lost their power to shut us down, to hold us back. We move forward. There's freedom in our hearts. Now, folks, okay, so pastor, now what Bible study can I go through? What formula can I go through to get there? I'll do anything that, you know, that I can do. The point is, you and I can't do any of that for ourselves. It means that we come to the place of realizing that, Lord, just as the gift of your forgiveness is a gift, so the filling of my life with your Spirit is a gift. My heart is to receive, to receive what you desire to give to me. And I keep my heart open that you may fill me with your spirit, with your life. I don't want somebody to think, well, he's, he's speaking about two different Jesuses. No, I'm not. I'm speaking about the Jesus who took our sins and his body on the cross before we were ever born. He accomplished that freedom, cleansed. But unless Simon Peter had understood the incoming of the power of the living Jesus inside him, we'd never be reading this. But it isn't just for Simon Peter. It's for you. It's for you. And and I'm hoping that somehow in here, there's just going to be a holy restlessness stirred up in our spirits. Lord, I ask you for this. I ask you to do that in me. And instead of having to be ashamed and spending more time at the cleansing than living the life at the place of power and victory and authority, we we know we need to get clean and we live our lives at the cross. But there's an empty tomb and there's an upper room that's all the same Jesus All of what he wants to give, and Peter would say this promise of the Spirit coming in power to God's people is for you and all your children and for as many as the Lord will call unto himself. So Simon Peter has in this this, this box of what he has, he chose me. He called me cleansed me. 
But he's changing me. 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 How, Simon? By his spirit filling me. You say, well, pastor, I don't know if that's ever happened to me. Ask him. Ask him to fill you. Ask him to fill you. Not just to forgive you, but to fill you. These were... These were ordinary folks, no different than us in their basic nature, makeup. And Simon Peter being chief among them. Simon, there's a miracle on your lips. There's a miracle in your mouth. Speak it. Changed. Changed. But what I have, out of what I have, I give to you. Oh, now look, at that point, folks, he's, he's chosen. He's called. He's been cleansed. And he's being changed. And in that place, something remarkable also was working in his life. There was a sense of the companionship, the companionship of Jesus. He wasn't, he didn't leave Jesus somewhere else. But where he walked, Jesus was. He took literally the words of the Savior. I will never leave you. And I will never forsake you. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. You go and make disciples and you understand that I am with you even unto the end of the age. Paul would go further with it and he would say, but don't you know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God and you are not your own. Therefore glorify God with your bodies that where you are, Jesus is. Folks, it doesn't matter how powered and how falutin the other board members are in the boardroom that you find yourself in. It doesn't matter how ostentatious the gathering of the group of the individual may be. Where you go, the king of all kings lives in your chest. The one before whom everything that has a name will ultimately bow is in you. You bring heaven to earth when you engage anything on this planet. But you say, Pastor, that may be true, but I I hadn't felt it. I've known the intimidation. I've known the pushback. But that's because... We're not tuned in. That's because we're not plugged in. In this room right now, I could bring a radio, bring a bring a bring one of the old road radios. You know, I could turn set that up, turn that thing on, and and just start flipping through the dial in here. And there would be all kinds of channels that would be heard, and all kinds of, of expressions and directions and all kinds of music and expressions. But without that tuned in, We don't hear a thing. Do you hear me? The Lord can be shouting to his people, I'm with you. I love you. 
I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Why won't you tune in to me? Somehow, Simon Peter, and it was a change that marked his life. I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen for the king. I'm going to reach out to be plugged into his heart, no matter where I am. So there he is, looking paralysis in the face, looking weakness in the face, looking poverty and defeat and humiliation and shame in the face as he looked at that man. But somehow there came to his ears, another voice. He was sensing the presence of Jesus. He was sensing the authority of Jesus. And he was sensing the heart of Jesus for that man. Folks, I don't know how to say this. And, and cause it to make sense for every listening ear. But this matter of walking with Jesus, this matter of claiming him, claiming him as our Savior, is more than an academic exercise. It is to be something that you feel, that you sense. Otherwise, why wouldn't, there, why wouldn't we just have the Scripture? Why was the Spirit given? The Scripture gives us the things to read and to know and to academically process. But the Lord would say, there's a day coming. He said this to Ezekiel. He would say this to Jeremiah. There's a new day coming. When my people will just know me through the words that have been written, I will do a new covenant. I will work a new covenant with them. I will write my words across their hearts. That from their hearts they would know me. From their hearts they would sense me. From their hearts. I'm telling you folks. I believe it's, it's so important. It's strikingly clear that Simon Peter was able to give out of what he had and to speak with such, with such confidence the name of Jesus and the healing in the name of Jesus because he felt the presence of Jesus. And he felt the authority of Jesus. And he felt the heart of Jesus. The presence of Jesus. The authority of Jesus. That's why we can say, he's got all authority. He's got all authority. He's got all authority. And then you walk into a room and there's a whole bunch of other authority going on. And if we don't feel his authority, earthly authority will shut us down. But Simon Peter and the rest of the apostles, at the time that they sensed the Spirit being given to them, being poured out upon them, and who is the Spirit? Paul would say, now the Lord is the Spirit. The Lord Jesus is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Freedom over intimidation. 
Freedom over fear. Freedom over shame. Freedom over anything that we can name. So here, here's Peter. With a long list of reasons why he should have been disqualified from ever being in that position. But he knew he was chosen. He knew he was called. He knew he had been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. And he knew that somehow, some way, he was being changed by the power of the Spirit of the resurrected Christ. And he felt his presence. And he sensed his authority. And he sensed the heart of Jesus. And from that place, from that place, out of what he had, don't have silver and gold to give you, but what I do have, as I sense his presence, as I sense his authority, and as I sense his heart for you, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And as an expression of believing that that was true, he reached out and took the man by the hand and raised him up. And as he was raised up, the healing course through his body and the walking and the leaping and the praising God got started. You say, well, pastor, that was Simon Peter. I'm me. Hold that thought. And with your other hand, find 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12. And verse 4. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4. Paul writes, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit And there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. And there are varieties of of effects, but the same God who works all these things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. And to another, the word of knowledge, according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the effecting of miracles. And to another, prophecy. And to another, the distinguishing of spirits. To another, another, various kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually just as He wills. 1 Corinthians has been passed on along with the rest of the New Testament down through all of these generations of the church, all these ages of the church. With the meaning being, what was written then is intended for us to explore, examine, and appropriate for today. 
the apostle Peter was doing as he spoke to the lame man, he was doing what he heard. He was speaking what he heard. There were other lame people, more than likely, around, many of them. That was where you went. If you needed financial help and you couldn't make a living, you went to the steps of the temple. But there weren't all of the ones who were lame who were healed on that day. There was something specific, peculiar and particular about what Simon Peter and John were doing on that day. And it was because with the one whose presence they sensed, whose authority they sensed, whose heart they sensed, they heard a voice to their spirits. Peter heard something. Walk. Walk. He heard a word. And if Simon Peter can hear a word, this is written here so that you and I can understand God may speak that kind of word to us too. I, I, hope, I hope you heard that. And, and it's intended to be not a condemning word, but an exciting word. Simon had all the reasons to say why God wouldn't use him in a certain way, but because of what the Spirit had convinced him was true, he was open to whatever it would be that the Lord might lead him to do. And he spoke what he heard. He spoke what he heard. And his word, very simply... was in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. Walk. You can call it a word of knowledge, a word of knowing something. And these gifts are not talents. They're not one and the same with talents. These are not naturally innate, born with abilities. These gifts of the Spirit given to the church are intended for us to realize that when we come to know Jesus, He fills us with His Spirit, we are to expect that there are going to be things given to us that we never had before then. Abilities, perceptions. And we operate in them as the Spirit leads us and gives us the ability. It was in that moment, in that setting, Peter and John in front of the man, that this gift, whether it was the gift of the word of knowledge, the gift of healings, but it kicked in. And he spoke. He spoke what he heard. Here's the reason I'm saying. It may not be that, that you or I will ever address a lame man. But dead, open to the Spirit, listening to the Spirit, aware of His presence, fully assured of His authority, knowing His heart for your children. God can speak something to you, Father, that you're to speak. There's a miracle in your mouth. 
kids beaten up from so many different directions today. So many we won't even go into. Where are they going to hear the truth and where will they hear it from a heart that speaks with a measure of authority and not just condemnation or defeat? A home, the home is to be that. A mom, a dad, a friend. You, 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 hear, you hear one of your friends just going off with negativism. Everybody's bad. The church is bad. The nation's bad. Everything's going down the toilet. Everything's wrong. And something in your spirit just goes off. Stop it. <laughs> Quit that. You're being, just as Jesus would say to this same Simon Peter, get thee behind me, what? You're talking more like Satan than you are talking God. Stop it. Where there's been hopelessness. You find yourself in a setting where there's hopelessness, hopelessness, hopelessness. And something rises up in your spirit. Call out that hopelessness. Enforce the authority of Jesus against that spirit of hopelessness. Now may the God of hope fill you up with all joy and peace and believing so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You say, I got so many things that I'm having to work on. I don't know if I can tell anybody else anything. Simon Peter could have just taken a number in that same list. But in that moment, at that occasion, having been convinced that he'd been forgiven, having been convinced and walking in the sense of the presence of Jesus, the sense of the authority of Jesus, it wasn't just head knowledge, he knew it was true. And sensing the heart of Jesus, loving that man, and the heart of Jesus to put an end to that suffering and to do it today. Simon Peter spoke what was in his mouth. And a miracle happened. Folks, I'm telling you, what has not happened because we have not spoken it? What has not happened because we have not spoken it? What has not stopped because we have? What has not started because we have not spoken it? I don't believe we're supposed to sit around guessing about these things. But when you find yourself in a situation, and it's a matter of your heart, your heart is engaged somehow, some way. But you know you're chosen. You know you're called. You know He's cleansing you with His blood, and you know you're being changed. You're liable to hear something, church. You're liable to hear something. Well, the Lord will be inviting you to enforce His authority of goodness and freedom and mercy and abundance and kindness into that situation. But He waits for us, and how many times that we've missed it, we'll never know. But He waits for us to participate with Him. I go back to that Lord's Prayer, the model prayer. It's as clear as those words. Here's how you're to pray. Not please, Jesus, would you send your kingdom. But you command it. You command the kingdom of God to come on this earth. 
You command my will, my will, my will. Sometimes that is not always consistent with what we would like for something to happen. But we are saying, Lord, your will, your will, your will. Jesus has reascended to heaven. We are his body left on this earth. We are here for the purpose of inaugurating and administering his will on this earth. What if there were assigned, uniformed, commissioned law officers in San Antonio or in any city and they never left their headquarters? There were laws being broken. There were things happening that were against the laws of the state in a good sense, the state but the policemen never left their headquarters. I thought of that in connection to what about the uniformed, armed, commissioned church of the Lord Jesus Christ, where we stay in our holy huddles, we do what Christians do, And there's nothing wrong with that as long as it is in the place that is appropriate. But it is not to be all we do. And we can try to pass off someone that we're burdened for, that for somebody else to pray for, when the Lord would be saying to you who care about them, you pour, you get on your face before the Lord, and you begin to pray, Lord, your will be done, your kingdom be, your kingdom come, and the Lord begins to confirm in your heart, speak it, speak it, speak it. There's a miracle in your mouth, speak it. There's release coming. There's provision coming. You speak it. Now, you understand if you've been around here long enough, I'm not talking about name it and claim it and get a, you know, get a, get a condo in every state and a, and a yacht in every ocean just because we think that'd make us look better. That has nothing to do with it. Simon Peter said, silver and gold, I don't have any of. Not that having stuff is wrong, but stuff, as we say, stuff having us is a great error, a great tragedy. But what if... What if these needs, what if these places of impossibility, what if these sicknesses, from time to time, the things that come our way, we know we're chosen. We know we're called. We know His blood cleanses us. We know we sense by His Spirit we're being changed by His Spirit in working with us. What if there is a further step, a further call, come up higher, the Lord's saying. You speak my word. Listen. And I will tell you, listen and I will give you. And then you speak it. Simon Peter didn't do nothing but lame people. Okay? I mean, he didn't spend, he and John weren't all the time going from one lame person to another sick person to another whatever. There were other things that they were engaged in, but this is the exciting part about it. They didn't see this coming necessarily. They were just going up to pray. And seemingly out of the blue, this man begins to call them. They may have heard his voice many other times, but not with this kind of response in their hearts. And something triggered in Peter's heart. 
And he turned and he looked and he told the man to look at them. And I believe that Simon Peter was looking at that man, he was listening this way. He sensed the Lord's heart for this man. He sensed the Lord's authority over whatever was crippling that man. He sensed the presence of the healer. And he's listening. And it may have been at that very moment or it might have been some preparation ahead of time. But I'm inclined to believe it was at the moment that either it was confirmed or spoken the first time to him. But he knew what the Lord wanted to do. And he spoke it. Years into hopelessness, into despair, into lostness. Folks, listen, the most powerful words we can ever speak. The Apostle Paul would say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. To speak, you'll say in 1 Corinthians 15, here is the gospel, just these three parts. Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture. He was buried, and He was raised again on the third day. Receive it. Christ died for our sins. He was buried. He was raised again on the third day. Receive it. That's the gospel. That's how you get from I-35 to glory. It doesn't go by way of a frost bank. It doesn't go by way of an educational system. It's by way of Jesus, or it's no way at all. I am the way. So so in in this matter of our wanting to speak to people, wanting to speak life into people, we've got to be careful that we speak for sure that word that Paul says is the power of God for salvation. It, It is the power of God that results in setting somebody free. Forgiveness, release, but empowering. We've got all kinds of, this time of year, we've got all kinds of seed bags, seed packets hanging on the walls in the garden section of the various big box, big box stores all over the place. But those seeds will never produce what they have the ability to produce if they aren't planted in some soil somewhere. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is the power of God and salvation, but it is a seed that needs to be planted. Have we spoken that into our children? Have we spoken that seed, the power of God's seed, into friends and loved ones and ones we care about and ones we may know very little of, but we want them to understand the power of God to set them free? We can share all kinds of stuff, but nothing is guaranteed to help in rescue like the seed of the gospel. It is the power of God to rescue. The power. What is the gospel? I gave you those three parts. It's just three parts. Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins according to the Scriptures. He was buried and He was raised again on the third day that we may be forgiven and free. Because He's no longer in the grave, that means He's alive and He can be here and He can knock on the door of your heart and He can enter. The power of God unto salvation. And I want to ask you just to bow in prayer with me at this point. I just feel like I need to pray. I need to pray for us. Streaming family, will you, wherever you may be, if you can just bow your heart and your, 
and your head at this time. Lord, we bless you for your cleansing. We bless you for the blood of the Lord Jesus to forgive us. We praise you that you have chosen us. We didn't choose you. You found us. We didn't find you. You've called us unto yourself. Lord, I pray for our brothers and sisters in Jesus, all of us, that you would open, open the receptors within our minds and hearts to understand that what you have done before with your people, you can and desire to do again with us. Lord, I pray that you'd open the hearts of fathers and you'd give them the vision that they could hear a word from your heart for their children, for a wife, for their wife. But for a mom, that just as clearly as you said to Simon Peter, he's to walk. You speak walk, speak walk. That you would grant to mothers that kind of specificity to pray and to speak into and speak over their children. Lord, where there are businesses, there are companies that are in need of your touch. For those who know you, who work in those places, Lord, wherever you would meet them, in the parking lot or before they ever leave home, but that you would by your Spirit speak your heart to them. Come, thy kingdom, be done, thy will. But you, you place us in these geometric, geographic spots because it is there that you intend for us to pray the way you told us to pray. Bring your kingdom here, Lord. Bring your presence into the hearts and lives of people. Cause your will to be done. We would be found as we sense your presence, as we sense your authority, and as we sense your heart, we would be found at the place of speaking in such a way that is in agreement with that which you have shown to us, spoken to us in our hearts. Lord, I'm praying and believing that there are going to be breakthroughs. There are going to be things that are about to be changed because we're speaking it. That which you have given to us to say, as best we understand it, that's what we're going to begin to say. But Lord, before that can ever happen, we understand that we're going, to, we're going to need a fresh sense of your presence, going to need a fresh sense of who's in charge, need a fresh sense of your heart, not just in general, but specifically for people, situations that matter to us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Would you please cause the church of the Lord Jesus Christ to get up on its feet? Bring us into the place of living and believing and speaking as you have us here to be in agreement with you for those things to happen is our prayer. Would you speak his name with me, the name Jesus? You speak his name again, the name Jesus. Will you speak his name again, Jesus? Speak his name again, Jesus. Jesus.
Jesus. Thank you, Lord. There's a miracle in your mouth. There's a miracle in your mouth, Simon Peter. Speak it. Amen. What was good enough for Simon Peter is good enough for us. May it be. May it be. Let's stand together. Thank you for being patient today and listening and being encouragers as you so often are. I just want to say again to our brothers and sisters that we, we don't see on a weekly basis, but we sense your presence. We, we, we love you and we appreciate the encouragement that comes our way through you. And for all of you who have been a gracious part of the support in prayer and words of encouragement, notes and emails of encouragement, but also financially, our, our prayer for the ones who, who express that kindness, those measures of excitement, the Lord will just turn right around and as we would say in Mississippi, just bless your socks off. Just bless your socks off. In Texas, we might say, make your socks roll up and down inside your Tony Llama boots. But just bless you in a way that you know it came from Him. He loves the giver and He blesses the giver. Amen. 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 I want to ask you as you leave, as we get ready to dismiss, prayer partners, if you all will come this way, if we can pray with you and for you, please come this way and let us have the opportunity to pray. But, but if you want to, before you get out of here, if you want to just find somebody who's been sitting down the row from you or in front of you and just want to speak a blessing to them, speak of encouragement to them, you can hug the neck if you know, if, if you feel led to do that, don't let's, we're not going to hug everybody with masks on because we want to honor each other, but we don't not, we're less and less of that, it seems like as time goes on, but the church needs to be able to, to uh, be together and to speak words of encouragement, so, so do that, T- take some time if you want to before you leave just to bless those around you, okay? God bless you. Come this way if we can pray with you. And otherwise, we'll see you next time. Okay? Amen. God bless you.